How's it going, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Decisions Podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Short. And as always, joining me is Andrew. Hello, hello. So we're going to jump right in this week and get into continuing our divisional breakdown series. Today, it's going to be the NFC East and West. And the first one we're going to be talking about over there in the NFC East, Andrew, is going to be the Dallas Cowboys, a absolutely loaded offense going into this season that I'm sure everybody's excited to watch with the addition of C.D. Lamb. What do you think about it? It's a, it's one of the more stacked fantasy teams that we've seen in a long time, right? We've uh, oh, yes. talked about adding in C.D. Lamb to the equation. I think a lot of people have the big question of, can Dak Prescott go ahead and support two wide receiver ones? And from my analysis and what I think, I think that that is absolutely possible for him to do that, especially coming off of his really, really good 2019 5,000 passing yards. Well, yeah, exactly. 5,000 passing yards and 30 touchdowns last year. I mean, that's nothing to, to, to scoff at, you know? I think there's is that enough. 100, is that $100 million? <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not an NFL GM. I'm not going to put uh, words in Mr. Jones's mouth over there. I'll let him decipher that on his own. But this is a, a make-or-break year for him, too. If I think if he has another year like he did last year, I think then he absolutely deserves the money and should be paid. But once again, I'm not a GM on that. But to answer that question, I think that... Uh, absolutely. I think there can be two wide receiver ones coming out of the Dallas Cowboys this year. So do you think that we'll see two or three? I think three over is pushing a thousand, it. Uh, well, I'm not saying wide receiver one. Oh, okay. Over a thousand yard um, wide receiver. Oh, see. So the thing that has me shying away from that, too, is there was an interview that came out where supposedly Ezekiel Elliott was asked, like, what would you do if you had to share the workload a little bit more? And he came out saying, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to win, which is a good team player thing, not a great fantasy player outlook. But you also have to think, depends on who they incorporate into it. So if Tony Pollard steps up and starts taking over target shares from Ezekiel Elliott, uh, the addition of Blake Jarwin, too, uh, into the starting role and to the starting offense, it's going to be tough to kind of feed 3,000-yard receivers. I think it's, it's possible. You don't think Gallup, Lamb, and Cooper can do it? I, I'm, I, I just don't think... coming out with 1,000 yards as a rookie? I, yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's not unheard of, you know? Well, so I will just say, uh, as a quick little side note, I mean, they gave Lamb off today in training camp, um, along with, you know, they didn't give Michael Gallup off today. He was with the starter veteran guys uh, as an off day. Uh, apparently Lamb has just been absolutely ripping, ripping up um, in training camp. So I'll be interested to see. I mean, we might have a historic season coming from a rookie receiver with Lamb and that offense. I could see that happening as well. It's just, it's going to be, there's a lot of mouths to feed is essentially well, what I'm like saying Like you were there. getting at too, the Zeke usage will be interesting. I mean, how do you, 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 you don't have Ezekiel Elliott and not just absolutely feed the guy. And I know that we were kind of, you know, people were frustrated. I have a good buddy who owns Zeke uh, last year. He was really frustrated with the targets Zeke was getting out of the backfield as far as receiving work. And, you know, I'll be interested to see how they use him there. And I have been seeing the reports that you were alluding to with the Tony Pollard stuff. I'll be interested to see if they use him more. But yeah, at they, what point is it like there's just so many names? It's like, I mean, come on. Like, how much really is Tony Pollard going to get with all that? Right. I mean, he's he's not someone who like you should actively go out and seek to buy. I mean, you should probably buy him if you have Ezekiel Elliott, but I wouldn't go out, 
you know, great handcuff of, though. If Zeke goes down, I mean, one of the best. I mean, the the dude averaged over five yards a carry last year. I mean, he's really hyper efficient. Yeah. Whenever he's given, a good, he's a great given the rock. Yeah, yep. I agree with that too. Um, I mean, Zeke saw some some regression last year from 2018. You know, he had 95 targets, where last year he only had 71. So I would be interested, like you said, to see how it plays out with uh, the Ezekiel Elliott kind of riding the hot hand or seeing the workload share. But whenever we want to, we can. You, we good on Dallas there? I think, I mean, that's going to be a star-studded offense. I'm really excited to watch them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, greatest show on turf. You see it on Twitter. I think that's, it's possible. I, I, I'm all for Dak kind of like playing his way into a massive contract if he can do it. It'll be interesting. It'll be exciting to watch there too. But moving on, give me a player on Philadelphia who you are excited to see this year. Well, there's a few based off of valuation, but I'll go with the easy answer. And the one guy I'm excited to watch and see if he can grow into kind of where he's being valued at now is Miles Sanders. Um, I own Miles Sanders in a couple leagues. Um, I'm really excited to watch how they use him this year. I mean, you're seeing reports that they want to use Miles Sanders more as a feature workload back, workhorse back. And obviously he's got tons of PPR upside. He can catch the ball. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. And he's also a great runner. The only concerns I have is Miles Sanders does seem to get banged up a little bit. So there's always that. Um, The constant looming worry of the RBBC that's always employed over there is another one. Uh, Peter Doug loves his, uh, you know, loves his RBCC, right. RBBC. But um, also, the line injuries are a little bit alarming. If I'm looking at Philadelphia, I'm hoping they can kind of patch things up and keep moving. But I'm really excited to watch Miles Sanders grow into that um, second round startup draft player that he is right now. And I hope he lives up to the hype. I like him a lot. I, I really liked what I saw at the end of last year from him. And so I hope that he can. Uh, progress and continue to kind of grow into into what he was so that'll be interesting for uh, what it's worth on there too on the going off the line situation there too i think that's going to be more of a passing issue than it is for a rushing issue for miles sanders you know i think he'll be fine rushing the ball i think it'll just be a little bit more of a carson Wentz problem than a miles sanders problem what do you mean yeah meaning like yeah, the lines that they lost there too he just lost some some good pass oh, protectors on there too is all i was saying. saying okay yeah yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, I could definitely see that. But, uh, well, I, I mean, you know, the offensive line is kind of the, you know, you win and lose the game on the, on the, yep. in the trenches. In the, in the trenches. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll definitely affect their whole team for sure. And then, you know, the other real interesting situation you have unfolding in Philadelphia is the wide receiver situation and who's going to be kind of taking over the, the reins there. I mean, I know Rager's the – He's getting a lot of. He sounds good in camp. He's had some drop issues, which we kind of knew going into. Yeah, which again, from and you say this all the time, and I agree. That's a very correctable problem. Mm-hmm. So, it, and for dynasty purposes, if if that's the biggest knock on a guy, it is what it is. It's not that big of a deal to me. But you know, there's a lot of names kind of surfacing right now in the training camp hype, and and JJ Arcega Whiteside has been a guy that I've been high on all off season. Uh, uh-huh. He's looking good. He's progressing. He's been kind of emerging as a red zone target for Wentz, which is what he should be. He's a jump ball guy. I'd love to see him get involved more. It sounds like he's been working with the ones and doing well. Greg Ward, 
who is a waiver guy. I actually picked Greg Ward up in multiple leagues off waivers, who sounds like it's going to possibly be a possession slot receiver kind of guy, which would be awesome waiver addition. If he's on waivers in your league, go grab him. If you can get him for cheap right now, go get him. I think that's a perfect example of opportunity uh, coming to a guy that that's ready for it, that's prepared. He works really hard. Everybody says Greg Ward is an absolute animal at practice uh-huh. as far as just his his competitiveness. He works hard, and the guy's ready to to take a bigger role. And that could be huge. That could be huge value. So I'm re- and Wentz has said, and it's shown in practice apparently that he loves targeting Ward a lot. He actually is leading training camp in targets right now, along with Ertz. Uh, so that's actually pretty substantial if you think about that, because right. Ertz has kind of always been the like top receiving threat there. So I would really be looking at Greg Ward for excellent value right now in in any league you can grab him uh, for either like a draft pick, uh, another prospect player, like a low prospect player, or just waiver wire again. Just throw some FAAB at him and, and sit him on your bench. I think he's going to get some upside for sure. Absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you on, on all of those guys, too. I mean, I'm not as high on our single white side as you are, but I still see him as a valuable asset over there for Carson Wentz. They've, they've just been struggling to find, like, you know, consistent, healthy receivers. And if yep. some of these, that's why they invested so, so highly in these wide receivers coming out of yep. college is because, I mean, they just, they can't find consistent people who can stay on the field. And that's, I think that's the biggest flaw with the Eagles right now. I agree, and I would just add to that real quick with JJ, uh, with Jay Jaw. He had issues last season with in- apparently he was banged up all last season. So, you know, just to go back on my Jay Jaw hype train that I am uh, commandeering and and going no breaks downhill at a thousand miles an hour, we we might see. I mean, if the guy was banged up, that might explain some of the the disappointment we saw last season. I love picking up those guys, and we talked about it in our sophomore buy low and sell high with Nikhil Harry, who. Uh, we're iffy on him right now, but I love finding those second year guys who disappointed and you go out and you, cause guys are like, man, this guy sucked. He's a bust. Go out and buy him. He might, uh, the year two turnaround and he's right back where he was or higher even sometimes before the, before the first year hype. So always be looking for those kind of deals. That's my favorite kind of deal to make. Definitely mine um, too. Andrew, Give me your take as far as as like what's the tight end situation with Godert and Ertz? I mean, are you still just strong on Ertz? Would you rather take Godert at the valuation, or what's your what's your thoughts on on that? I think that it. I mean, I still think Zach Ertz is the man there, right? I mean, they, we have no reason not to to think that he is a top five tight end, right? I mean, he's still he's still the same. You know, he hasn't really changed that much. He had a little bit of an injury issue last year, had some some problems there, but. Uh, recently, he just re-engaged his talks with contract with uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and I'd be interested to see if they they're going to pay him the money that he deserves, or do they just fall back on Goedert over there? And because I mean, he's been doing a great job filling in the role whenever yeah. Ertz isn't a hundred percent. I and mean, even kinda, when he's on the field, and even then, the Trey Burton stuff too. Like a lot of people forgot that. I mean, Trey Burton was doing really well over there in Philadelphia before he left to go to Chicago. I think it was, and now he's with the Colts. But I think the two tight ends always will will succeed there too. But I mean, Zach Ertz is the one to own out of the two, in okay, my opinion. So you'd rather Zach? Okay, mm-hmm, absolutely. 
So my next question with you is going to be on a completely another team. I feel like we've wrapped up Philly there. I mean, I, I agree. It's going to be the wide receiver competition there. And then how yep. good can Miles Sanders be will be the two questions, especially right with, with the line issues. Uh, so let's go to the Giants over in New York. So, you know, what's your what's your like main situation? What's the biggest storyline you're looking to unfold over this season with the Giants? So that would be the second year leap of Daniel Jones sitting there at quarterback. Um, as everyone knows, I'm, I'm relatively high on Daniel Jones. I think that he's got the potential to live up to his draft pedigree and everything he's over there. He's beefed up his legs. He's yeah, got big manly he's, legs. He's got, gotten bigger. Um, he's got the, A.J. Dillon size legs. The thighs, the, 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 <laughs> the major thighs that they talk about. Uh, but the one thing I want them to do or want him to do is improve on his ball handling skills, you know. He, he's he his was dribbling. rattled. Yeah, his dribbling, his uh, his non fumbling. Let's put it like that. He he yes. had issues last year with his line, and he was hit a lot, man. I mean, he was. I don't remember the exact stat too, but he was in like the top five of every, like getting hit on every throw that he went back on. I think like Ryan Fitzpatrick was number one. Go figure. But <laughs> uh, he so he had, he had issues there, and he so he was. Think about it. He's a young cat coming into the NFL. He has these. Big, massive people coming running at him every single play, so he's going to get a little frazzled. And he I was kind of scrawny last year too. I mean, he, he was tiny. Broke, he could have been broken in half. And I think that what they're doing now, which I don't know if you've heard too, but uh, Joe Judge came out saying that they may take the no contact jersey off of him. I saw that. I I don't know how I feel about that. You know, <laughs> but he's got massive thighs. He's got yeah. I mean, you can always go back break. to that too. But the really the main storyline I'm looking for is if he can improve on those 18 fumbles that he had last year. That's an ungodly amount of, of fumbles and loss of, of possession mm-hmm. on there too. Um, I'm not too worried about his offense. I mean, we'll we'll talk get into the receivers and stuff in a second. But that's my big thing. I want him to improve on holding on to the football. Yeah, and if he's be if it, the line suspect, that's going to be where you're going to feel it too. Is is him is the rookie quarterback getting rushed out of his mind? So. That uh, it makes sense to me. I I definitely agree. I think Daniel Jones is primed for a for a uh, a year two leap. Yeah, a an improvement. Uh, what's going to be interesting is who's going to be his primary target. Who's going to be his main weapon? I mean, we already know Saquon. We won't even really spend much time talking about him. I mean, the guy is an absolute monster. Top three dynasty pick. Blah blah blah. Take Saquon. Enjoy Saquon win your league with Saquon. But what's interesting is in the receiving core, I mean, the Darius Slayton buzz is still there. It's not as high as I feel like it was, uh, you know, while it was happening and at the end of last season. Some people have kind of come to their senses, so to speak. It's still a very confusing offense there to invest in. I mean, Darius Slayton looked good, but you also had Golden Tate with issues. Sterling Shepard basically didn't play for the season. Evan Ingram is always coming in and out of the freaking coin injury. flip. Yeah, I mean it's it's all the time. And so for me, I'm sitting there wondering how much of Slayton. I mean, I I think Slayton's a good talent and he's a good receiver and he's not bad. But it, these people expecting much improvement when the guy was it eight touchdowns last year for Slayton. When the guy uh, yes. had as many touchdowns as he had on the amount of on the amount of receptions. The regression is there. Put it like that. It was 48 receptions. It was 48 receptions and eight touchdowns. That -hmm. probably will not happen again. And he already got that many targets with the amount of opportunity he had as the primary pass catcher in that offense with all the injuries. I'm selling Darius Slayton everywhere I can for that reason. I like the guy. I think he is a good talent. But I just don't see the same 
optimal situation for the guy this season. I think Sterling Shepard gets back to where he was as being somebody that takes target share. I think Golden Tate is another one of those guys that actually, if you're in a win now situation, he's a great value pickup because he is older. He's like 31, I think, but he's going to get targets and he's 32. a good receiver. Okay. 30. He's even older. 32. Mm, yeah, he's he's even saying. older. The guy is is there. And then Evan Ingram, if Evan Ingram can stay on the field, that he is an absolute monster in his own right. So there's just too many opportunity. There's too much opportunity there for Darius Slayton to not see this perfect situation that he saw last season. And then to score eight touchdowns on 48 receptions, come that's, on. That's he's, unheard of. That's every, that's every six have, catches. You know? He's either going to have to get a lot more receptions or he's going to have to maintain a hyper-efficient uh, second season, which is possible, but I'm just going to bet against It's that. not unheard of, but yeah, I would go against that as well, too. But I mean, yeah. a lot of people sleep on Evan Ingram, too. I mean, Evan Ingram is a very like big target, big body, you know? I mean, he, he had like, I think his lowest target last year was five, whenever he was healthy. And then every other game, it was seven or higher, like seven well, targets every single game. So he's going to take away targets from everybody over there. Oh, yeah. And, well, you know, they were coming out and saying they love Evan Ingram. Um, you know, Garrett was coming out and saying uh, he's he did a lot of research on Evan Ingram back when he was with the Cowboys. And, you know, they didn't get him, but they love what he can do on the field. And so Evan Ingram, again, if healthy, is just going to be another feature in that offense that's uh, – gonna be major so i agree with you on that one completely no i'm yeah i'm right there on on there with you i i'm i, I like the regression for darius slayton i think it's gonna come yes. in there um so speaking of regressions and speaking of people that could take a second year leap forward we'll go into another sophomore quarterback too with Dwayne haskins we've also talked about on our bylo and um sell high episode as well yes. go check that out uh, what do you what do you think about the Washington football team over there to finish off the East? Well, so I, you know, again, if you haven't listened to the sophomore buy low and sell high episode, I highly recommend that one. It's a really good kind of primer before we get into this season to talk about some good value that you can either sell out of or buy into right now. And Dwayne Haskins is one of my favorite buys at the quarterback position as a sophomore buy low. The guy got thrown to the wolves last year, as we talked about in that episode. If it, and I'm not going to repeat everything we said in that episode, but the guy is coming off an extremely disappointing um, introduction, first impression to the league. But by all accounts, he's been working his ass off in practice, which you love to hear. And he's making the play, and he has the making the plays, and he has the talent. I'm all about Dwayne Haskins back there controlling that offense. It sounds like the coaching staff trust him. And something that's worth talking about is this. And there was a real concern with some people that Alex Smith was going to come back from injury and somehow <laughs> take over that job. And I, I, I had been told that. And, Pete, and listen, legitimate concern. And Alex Smith is a talent. I mean, obviously, he had a life-altering injury. Amazing uh -huh. that he's even back on a football team and a practice, let alone in a game. However, it sounds like he's looked good. But it's still Dwayne Haskins that's going to be out there game one, week one, starting. So that should tell you a little something about where this coaching staff is. If they didn't think Dwayne Haskins had the ability to become the franchise quarterback of the future, I guarantee you Alex Smith would be out there. Because Ron Rivera is not going to line up bullcrap out there and waste his first season there coming back after, getting, after, after leaving, being done with Carolina. He's not going to come in there and just like have, oh, well, you know, this sucks. Our team sucks. He's going to play to win. That's just the way that guy is. 
And so if, if Smith was the better quarterback, Smith would be out there. But that just shows you the coaching staff, the front office believes in Haskins. They want Haskins to be the guy of the future. And it sounds like he's doing he's doing good on that opportunity they're giving him for. So I'm I'm all about Haskins. I'm I'm really excited to he's one of my most excited players to watch next season, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm right there in that boat with you too, and I'm excited to see his rapport and 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 chemistry going on with Terry McLaurin too, going into year Absolutely. two. Absolutely, I think. Absolutely. I mean, they were teammates at Ohio State, so some people say, "Oh, the connection was there too." But you know, the NFL playing speed and the differential between college and the NFL are just wildly different. So I'm excited to see Terry McLaurin's year two. But one thing that I am looking forward to is trying to see who's going to step up and take over that wide receiver two role and their receiving role two over there. You know, you have the likes yep. of Trey Quinn, Steven Sims Jr., who I think is the front runner for the wide receiver two. Yeah. Well, and then especially they have, with the Harmon injury. Right. And then we have the other two people who they brought in, you know, Antonio Gandy Golden, AGG, yep. or Antonio Gibson there too, which. I mean, I'm not even going to touch on their their running backs, man. You know, good luck. Well, and apparently, uh, lo- not to not to jump in on that, but to, real quick while we're talking about op- receiving mm-hmm. options, Logan Thomas has been lighting it up at tight end, and he's been running with the starters uh, this last few days. And, That's and apparently, right. him and Haskins are really connecting a lot, finding each other a lot out there. Logan Thomas is another waiver wire ad I would go ahead and grab right now. He's 29 years old. And what's interesting about Logan Thomas, real quick, the guy's been playing the position tight end for three years. That's, That's it. right. He was a he so, was a quarterback in, in in college, wasn't he? Exactly. So this is a guy who's transitioned into a position. He's learning how to play it on a professional level, and now we're starting to see the production. And I think he's a steal. Right? And if if Haskins has a target, he trusts. And again, the front office is trusting Haskins. I think you're going to see a lot of targets go that way, especially with, like you said, the kind of up for grabs. Who's going to be, after Terry McLaurin, who's going to be the other guy that really picks up the, the targets? So Who's going to step into that role for State 2? And you mm-hmm. also have to think, I mean, they're, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot next year. I, I, really, I think so, I, too. I really think so, because that, so, that, that backfield is just such a gamble right now that I don't know if they, they really fully trust someone to, to take over the reins there well, just that's yet. what i wanted to touch on a little bit where are you at with this backfield i mean you mentioned a few minutes ago like you don't even want to touch it i mean are you not investing in any way shape or form looking for a little bit of upside the problem is there's so much hype around all the every, possible every single player is getting hyped there you know mm-hmm. and like it, so the reports that are coming out like i haven't seen anything clear cut i haven't seen oh this person did fantastic in camp but oh he's not running with starters or you know there's all sorts of narratives running around too it's crazy well bryce love was apparently looking great and then today they're coming out and they're like yeah he might not make the game day roster yeah he may be like the fourth you know like, like he, what yeah i mean the, the, the conflicting stories that we're getting from everybody too but if i had to pick i, I would invest in antonio gibson strictly and the problem is now the price is so high it, it just rocketed yeah. right up it's like it just, i, I mm-hmm. For that price, it's hard for me. I agree, but for that price, like I'd rather just pay a fourth and just get Adrian Peterson. I say that's true. I mean, I say invest, but I mean, like if you have him, I mean, it's not an asset that's going to go out and like yeah, buy I right now. But I'd, 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 I'd only buy into that situation if I if it was like a screaming good deal. Well, I was saying more along the lines of who I trust out of the backfield to take the position. I guess was where I was going with that stance. Yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, Because he has he has some some slot potential, some wide receiver potential. To, to run and they out could of there. just as easily just draft somebody next year. That's the yeah. thing. It's I mean, like, it's easy. So you know, it's just going to be 
it's a good RB class coming out next year too. Yeah, it's it's just that's a tough, tough backfield to even want to take part in. But so that's our four uh, NFC East. And um, if there if there's anything you want to throw in there on top of that, I, I like where we were at with that. So you want to jump over to the west? Yeah, let's go take a take a plane ride over there to the west coast. See what's going all right. on over well, there. We're going to hit up old Jared Goff and the Ooh. Rams first of all. So. Yeah. You know, there's a big narrative, and I want to know what you think about this, uh, the buzz on Twitter and with the analysts, you know, and I know you don't like this guy, so. Mm -hmm. I know, so like, you always, you always pick on me about people I don't like, man. Well, because you have very (laughs) strong, when you, okay, here's the thing about you. When you like a guy, you're like quietly content. But when you don't like a guy, you are, you want to like spit in his stereo. (laughs) Like, not that bad. But yeah, I understand. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You there are people that when you don't like them, they're just, I'll just dumb. go out and say it. Yeah, no. I'm, well, Jared I'm... Goff's one of those guys. <laughs> Jared Goff is it? I mean, no, because I have him in one of my leagues too. You know, he's gonna be my quarterback one. I think, I think he come around a little bit, but I've, I know last year. Yeah, last year I was yeah because so Jared Goff is abysmal on the road. You know, and who wants a freaking coin toss quarterback going into you know your your playoffs or anything like that? Oh. Oh crap! This dude's quarter. got this dude's got three road games, and he's just abysmal. Like it's like he doesn't even sh- like get off the bus sometimes when he goes to those away games. But I have come around with him um, this year. I think that he he's it was an off year for him last year. I don't see it coming back. And even then, I say it's an off year. He finished you know thirteenth, you know right on the cusp of a quarterback one. But I mean, he had six hundred attempts. I mean, four almost forty seven hundred yards, twenty two touchdowns. He's got to work on his interceptions, though, man. He went from 12 to 18 to 12 in 2018 to 16 in 2019. That's that's not a good track record for somebody. So, I mean, totally he turned the ball over 21 times. I talked about Daniel Jones and his fumbling problem. Jared Goff needs to, you know, kind of see the field a little bit better. Stop throwing to the other team. I don't know if he needs LASIK like James Winston did yeah. to kind of open up his eyes a so little bit. So he can bit. read some license plates. Yeah, so he can read some stuff so there me- too. Let me but read I like him. I do like him. About Jared Goff, and you tell me how this affects your view. Okay. So in 2018, Jared Goff had 364 completions for 4,600, almost 40, we'll say 4,700 yards and 32 touchdowns. Okay. That's 2018, two years ago. 2019, he has 30 more completions at 394 for almost the exact same amount of yardage, 50 yards off, but 10 less touchdowns, four more picks. He, t- he threw 12 picks in 2018 and 16 in 2019. So if you think about that, that's 40 points in, um, in four-point passing touchdown, which would put him at almost at about 20 points off of his 2018 total, which was QB7, by the way. Right. And, and in six-point, it's 60. So that would put him right back there. So the question is, is this. Is Jared Goff a situation where he had a good year as a young quarterback and got a lot of hype off that 2018 season? And then 2019, he really didn't have a much different season than he did the year before. He just threw a couple more interceptions, but 10 less touchdowns, which you know how that is. Sometimes they go, I mean, that's just regression, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So is this a, it was last year, an off year with the 22 touchdowns. Or was 2018 a high year with 32? Should we expect something in between? Because if the guy if the guy can get to 30 TDs in that stat line, it's not bad. I mean, you're looking at another, uh, you know, 
whatever I said, 40 points or whatever, that that's about where you'd want him to be. Right. So I'll be interested to see the stat line and Jared Goff is a pretty good buy. If you look at it that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think like 2019 will be his floor. You know, I don't, I don't see that being, I see that being an outlier to a season. I don't know and that's, what was and like going said, on with him, QB but 13. I think, yeah. And I mean, and I think that's his floor. I think he's talented enough. They've invested in him. They gave him that fat daddy contract, yeah, you know, they can't think, get anybody else. Cause they gave him that freaking yeah, contract. Exactly. So he's going to go out. I think he's going to prove it this year, you know, I really do. Yeah, I agree. I, I like him as a buy low. So with the guys that he's throwing at, let's talk about that a little bit. So, you know, Robert Woods, who I'm super high on, is having like a wide receiver one output this year. Uh, you've also got Van Jefferson, who is kind of the, you know, sneaky. Lighting the training camp on fire. That dude's yeah, got more Cooper, hype than anybody. And then Cooper Cup, who has the least amount of hype of anybody of a top 12 wide receiver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> coming into it so like where are you at as far as investing on this wide receiver room for the rams who who do you are is there somebody else that i haven't mentioned that you like more i mean what's your thoughts josh reynolds you, you know where i was love, going with that I, one. I was giving you that yeah i know is so that josh really Re- it? um so i mean uh, outside i mean cooper cup and robert woods are also very obvious choices there too so really who would it comes you rather down buy to, between those two between josh reynolds and van jefferson no 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 Robert Woods oh. and Cooper Cup. Oh, that's tough. Because, I mean, once, you know... I have um, my answer. I know. I know. Um, I, I, would, I would probably still say Robert Woods out of the two. He's the, the least... The price is lower. Yep. He's the least flashy player, but he's the he's more consistent, you know? Yep. And, and the, the price is much lower. Cooper Cup. I'm just... I don't really... I don't know why, but I just can't really enjoy Cooper Cup. I don't know why. But some, some some people just have that notion about certain players. I mean, I'm the yeah. same way with Dalvin Cook. I know he's a talented player. I, he's just not that flashy to me. You know, I, I just don't know why, but I just never really looked. <laughs> at him. Now, I will say this about Robert Woods: the guy had two touchdowns last year. That's, so when you're t- that's an outlier too. You know, he's well. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he had 1,100 yards and 90 receptions and two touchdowns. Like that's why for me with Robert Woods, go by everywhere. He was still wide receiver 14 with two touchdowns. That's, kind of, that's a wacky stat line, too. That's really wonky, too. But let, back to the wide, wide receiver three conversation between Josh Reynolds and Van Jefferson, right? Yeah. Um, so us being from the South down here, we watch a lot of SEC games. We've watched Van Jefferson come up. We've always known that Van Jefferson is a talented We watched him kind of wreck Stingley for a little while there. Yeah, and that was, a, that was an All-American, you know? So And then now, and now uh, in camp, he's going up against Jalen Ramsey and winning, you know? Yep. And Jalen Ramsey's not a pushover there, too. Early so and often. I think that Josh Reynolds and Van Jefferson will end up splitting time in the beginning of the season, you know, kind of like a 80-20. And then I think as the season progresses, I think that Van Jefferson slides oh. into that wide receiver three role. I do still like Josh you? Reynolds a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Josh Reynolds because of his familiarity with the system and everything for this year. But I, I am going to kind of give the edge to edge to van jefferson just because he was a lot of people have you know praised his route running and everything do uh, you see josh reynolds and van jefferson as future assets on the rams if one of robert woods or cooper cup does not stay so in my opinion and this is strictly my opinion i think the rams let cooper cup walk i think that he his price tag becomes too much for them and i think that robert woods becomes the clear cut i think they'll sign him back 
And then yep. I think that it'll be a Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson show. And then I think that's where I, I think Josh Reynolds is just going to sit in that little wide receiver three role, even yep. though he plays every single position on there too. I mean, he but played whenever Cup went too, down. Right? I think you're right on that too. Yeah, but Apparently, I'm saying uh, Van his his route tree is apparently unbelievable for a rookie. They've compared him to Judy and, and comparisons yeah. of, of route running and things like that. And of course people are praising Judy about being the cleanest route runner, you know, in the past decade. Yeah, so exactly. But I think, I think they're both valid buys. I think Josh Reynolds is peanuts compared to everybody else. And I do think that both yeah, of them will good. have a role in this offense next year. That's actually that's actually a good point. I like the the real buy low future play with Reynolds. With all the Van Jefferson hype, people kind of might forget that, you know, this year Josh Reynolds still might be relevant, but if one goes next year, then all bets are off. So both guys get the relevancy. I like that a lot. That's a good idea. Next year play. I think both um, of them are good buys. I really do. But let's move into are you are we done with the Rams there, but Well, let's talk about the running backs a little bit. Oh, the we running backs. Hung up. I know. Yeah. <laughs> got hung up on the receivers, but there, that is an interesting, there's some interesting things going on there. The running backs there is another interesting, I mean, the Rams are an interesting team right now. You know, what's going to happen with the running backs? You have, I think this is another guy that I know Andrew and I kind of agree on. We're just not super high on is Cam Akers and, mm-hmm. and the talent. I do like the talent. I just, I don't know if the Rams are really committed to RBBC moving forward after what happened with Gurley, or if they are just saying that and we're going to see Cam Akers just run amok in the league and 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 be the next you know massive uh, Rams running back scoring a ton of points. I don't know. I mean, Cam Akers has talent. I do like him as a talent. I don't really like the Rams' um, running game and. Don't either. I, I, Ever since healthy Todd Gurley decided to make an exit, you know. Yeah, and it's just it's just something that I'm really cautious to get involved with because I think the Henderson hype is still there as far as inside the team. It sounds like him and Cam are, you know, not this not clear separation between him and Cam yet. And I really wonder if uh, they're just going to commit to an RBBC over there. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you've heard rumblings. Um, that McDermott was talking to Shanahan and all that stuff and, and getting the the blueprint, so to speak, for the, which, you know, this is all just to take it for what it is. But it's just going to be interesting to see how much they really lean on Cam Akers or if it's going to be, you know, I kind of see a disappointing year for Cam Akers owners. Possibly. I think so too. At least, at least for this year. At least year, year one. Yeah. Yep. Or, or at least the first half of the year. It could be like a Miles Sanders situation where it's like, you know, you're waiting, you're waiting. Jordan Howard's out there doing his thing, and you're like, shit. And then finally, he starts doing it, and our injury happens. And Cam Akers, it's like, okay, Cam, which Daryl Henderson already had a hamstring issue, so this mm-hmm. could be looming. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh my god, Cam Akers is a monster. Yep, could I'm happen. scared of that too. You know, and then but, I mean, we're also sleeping on Malcolm Brown too. You know, Ooh. well, I was gonna say. That dude finds up. a way into the damn on the field <laughs> every year. Yep, I remember even last whenever Todd Gurley was, was like, there. All right, boys, Daryl Henderson's about to roll. Gurley's down, and it's the Henderson show. And then freaking Malcolm Brown walks out there and starts. I mean, just... the dude, the dude had five touchdowns last year. You know, uh. so if anything, he's gonna be <laughs> the bane of the existence of Henderson and Cam Akers owners. Yeah, and so that's where I'm at. Now, I would say this. If you're looking to acquire Cam Akers, if you do believe in the talent, 
if he has a Miles Sanders-esque situation where there's a, a crowded backfield, value's going to dip midseason. People are going to be upset with the production, thinking that they were going to get more. It hasn't happened. Take the opportunity by the dip. That's where I would strike. Um, as nope, far I'm as right there goes. with you. Right there so with you. Let's move on, on to uh, the next team, um, and that's going to be Seattle Seahawks. So Seattle, to me, is not as confusing as the Rams. Uh, there's a couple of things going on. There's some, some the, pretty clear, concise stuff with them. So my big question to you is this. Uh, the big question to me with Seattle is DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Where are we at with, is DK Metcalf going to be the wide receiver one of Seattle Seahawks next year? Or is it still going to be Tyler Lockett doing his thing with Russell Wilson and, and finding ways to get open? Or what are we looking at? So to me, Tyler Lockett still is the wide receiver one on that team. And he's, he, people kind of, he's one of those players that you look he's at him. Like, sexy. Yeah. You're like, dude, Tyler Lockett has been there forever, right? Like, God, I can't remember the last time Tyler Lockett wasn't like, you know, around in Seattle. Yeah. He's 27. He's not really going far, I think. And he's yeah. had two really great right outside of wide receiver one numbers, you know, in 2018 and 2019. But I do think that DK Metcalf could be something for the future there too. He is a freak athlete. And I think yep. that we, we've, the, I mean, the age old discussion, no talent versus situation too. He's tied to Russell Wilson, who's one of the most, uh, you know, complete quarterbacks that we've seen in a long time there. However, too. he is on a run heavy offense. He is on a run heavy offense. You Carol know, likes to run. That's My also question, another question there too, right? There's well, another before we get there, mark. And I do want to talk about that. My thing with Lockett and Metcalf is this. Lockett runs a much more uh, varied route tree than Metcalf. And to me, the argument for putting Metcalf... Now, here's the thing. In Dynasty Startup ADP, I would take Metcalf over Lockett. That's, I'm not should, making a case. As you should. Yeah, I'm not to making a case to draft one over the other. As far as production goes versus value, I will be curious. if Met, The way that Metcalf becomes the wide receiver one is two things will either happen. One, Metcalf has to diversify his route tree, which it sounds like is happening. Which I've and heard so, it, he has been working on too. Yes, and Russell Wilson's been peppering the guy. So there's that. So that could be one way. And two, the Seattle Seahawks have to go away from the ground and pound that they've been. And I mean, you look at Tyler Lockett, who, like we said, has been a wide receiver one there. 71 targets last in 2018. 110 in 2019, which is a lot. But still, for the wide receiver one, you would think you'd get a little bit more. So what I'm saying is, is that there's going to have to be some philosophy change that takes place in Seattle mm -hmm. and, and, D and DK Metcalf continue to improve and grow on the season he had last year for him to seriously be what he's kind of being valued at right now. I know you went a league where and just sold him basically for Juju straight up, which is an absolute, like that's insane. I do uh, that deal I, every day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just find that to be completely crazy that, you know, DK Metcalf, yeah, the guy's got a lot of hype, but that's a lot of what – I mean, he had a good a good season, a great season. We're not taking that away. However, uh, I need to see more versatility as far as being a, a possession receiver before I start, you know, paying a juju price. Um, no. There are people – keep in mind, there are mad truthers out there about DK Metcalf and will pay that price. So, I mean, if you're not 100% well, sold yeah. on him, you know, get it uh, on I mean, that I, I like him, but I agree. So, uh, running backs in Seattle. Ugh. 
I know. That's all you can say about it because we have yeah. Chris Carson who could be an RB1 this year if he stays healthy completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to get the workload. He's going to get the opportunity. And if he doesn't fumble the ball like a freaking madman and if he manages to stay on the field, might yep. be good. But after him, there's a whole going big with... question marks there, right? Are we going on the on the DJ Dallas train? Is that um, where we're going? Would, no. <laughs> a lot of people I like are. DJ. A lot I, of people I like are. Him. I just yeah. bought him. I'm I know. all about him. I know, but um, Rashad Penny. I still think Rashad Penny, if again staying healthy. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I think like all of their their backs aren't like fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, there's no one out there who I'm itching to buy or. And there's there's people I'd rather I should say too. Seattle's backfield outside of Chris Carson, even then, like he he's he's going to probably be the cheapest RB one you'll ever buy. You know, but. The, yeah, the question mark on him. Right yeah, the question mark on him is if he stays healthy and if he keeps fumbling, you know, under control. Do you think they too. sign something like a Leonard Fournette next year? It's. I mean, I'm not ruling out the possibilities. With all the RBs that yeah. are. Uh, I mean, it, it's about to be a, a flooded RB market. An absolute massive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I see Seattle making a big RB signing somewhere. Something. I could too. I mean, and I think DJ. I could Dallas actually almost there. see them re-signing Chris Carson for a cheaper deal and then grabbing like a maybe even a James Conner. Yeah, something. I mean, that's not unheard of. I don't know. I mean, unless they're a little crazy, you, you know. I mean, they're sucker for punishment, then, you know, yeah, for, but listen, for injured if you have RBs. James Carner and Chris Carson, let Chris, just share, just RBBC that thing, man. No, no way I'd they both get hurt, him. right? <laughs> yeah, then you can still have Rashad Penny coming out yeah. there on the pup. And then DJ Dallas continues, even though apparently DJ Dallas has been looking like a beast in camp. So yep. that's take of, I mean, once again, take with a grain of salt on there, too. But I mean, so. I mean, it's just a, it's a murky situation there too. I don't, I don't know how if you're much contending, I'm, I'm digging. Uh, Chris Carson would be the only buy. And you can I buy think. Chris Carson at a value buy. Yep. That's, that's how I see there too. But now we move from someone who is having running back woes to a team that's having some wide receiver woes, right? Oh San Francisco God. 49ers. I knew who it was. Well, I'm yep. looking at them on the list, so I didn't know who they were. <laughs> Oh, we know who they were if you just said, like, they've lost every wide receiver. Dude, they can't keep anybody on the freaking field. I was talking nope. to somebody in one of my leagues Struggling. today about it. It's like, my God, they're all just getting wrecked. And here we have uh, J.J. Taylor just went down right before we started the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't know what to think of this. I mean, Ayuk, I love Ayuk, but he's dealing with a hamstring issue, which is always interesting. Debo Samuel is still, again, the sophomore buy low, sell high, the best buy low in the wide receiver. That is, to me, might be the best buy low in wide receivers, period, not just sophomore right now. I mean, I think he is an absolute screaming buy low as long as I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm kind of scared because they've been that talking. Jones fracture. Well, I'm not scared about the Jones fracture so much as I'm scared about the fact that it sounds like the 49ers are desperate at the position. And I didn't think Debo was going to be ready for week one. And I, I actually didn't want him to be ready for week one. Like, just let the guy take as long as he needs. Now, mm-hmm. if he's ready, I guess whatever. But I read an article about how if you take a certain amount of time with that Jones fracture, the odds of re-injury are, like, reduced by 50% if you just take an extra couple weeks. And I think he's not going to be in that extra couple weeks timeline. So that is a little frightening for me. If he re-injures that thing the value on Debo is going to tank. Mm-hmm. However, it's already slid a lot. We talked about it in that episode. We got him like 40 picks after he should. We got him in the eighth round. Yeah, it was eighth or ninth. It was, it was, eighth. yeah. It was, eighth, and then, it was late eighth. 
like yeah, eight, nine. Yeah, eight that was nine. insane. I think that's a little outlier too. I think those people were just very nervous. That was right after it happened. Too. It was, but but I will say I had a guy that was doing a draft uh, that I was kind of watching. Debo again didn't go till like bot- yeah, back like into the six, mm-hmm. top of the seventh, and then I don't remember where he went in that one you just did, but. He, it was later too. I think it was sixth, sixth or seventh round. That, there. He's a fourth or fifth. I mean, listen for me personally. If you're going to pick Metcalf, you know, I was a, exactly the guy I was going to say. If you're going to take DK Metcalf in the fourth, fifth, I'm taking Debo Samuel right next to the guy. I take Debo Samuel right next to Terry McLaurin. I mean, it's like none of those are guys that I'm like, oh my god, like you got to have. <laughs> you no got to have them. Yeah, like Debo is right there in that conversation, and and you can get him like three or four rounds after those guys. So mm-hmm. I'm all for that. I, I think he's just the buy low. But so what? I, I, it's really hard to say what the wide receiver situation is going to be there, other than George Kittle getting absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. peppered, peppered, you know, making it um, rain on him. Kendrick Bourne is still healthy, Jimmy. you know. Yeah, I think Kendrick Bourne is going to have to pick up the slack. Another mm-hmm. re- waiver guy right now, really. True. Um, yeah. I mean, Trent Dante Taylor Pettis, as well. Yeah. Trent I mean, we Taylor. went, we went two two different ways on that, but both of those guys. I was not going to advise Dante Pettis. Cause it still sounds like Dante has not um, like this to me is another one where it's like Dante, dude, they're throwing the situation at you just play well. And it just seems like you can't do it. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't heard anything good about Pettis. I heard I mean, one thing good in the beginning of training camp about him, and then the rest has been, like, not good. Which, here's yeah. my thing about training camp news, okay? I'm just going to take a moment to go on this tangent. It, the good news on trading camp stuff is take it for a grain of salt to me, right? When it's, like, hypey stuff. Would you agree? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, come on. Stay with me here. Sorry. So, yeah. I don't know what's going on over there, but it's not more interesting than what I'm reading. I was reading. <laughs> so anyway, for me, the good hype in training camp, take it for a grain of salt. But when you get negative hype, that scares me. Because to me, it's like, you know, if you're a business owner, you get a bad review. One bad review is worth like five good reviews. You know, they oh, always say that's, that. That's a perfect way to actually, exactly. So positive reviews yeah, are when I like, hear oh, the negatives, whatever, I'm like, you know? oh, shit. Yeah, that to me is like a lot more like, ooh. And I've seen some negatives even this year again on Dante. So it's like. Yeah, uh, me too. That just alarms me. So 49ers with the running back. I mean, real quick. Um Tight end. I don't think there's anything to say here. George no, Kittle. there's not. There's not. They signed Jordan Reed. Wild. Yeah. But beside that, you know, nothing depth. else. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's a like you said. He's, they're going to need to lean on his passing ability more if they want to make the next step. Yeah, I I agree. And I mean, you know, he was a fringe quarterback one last year too. You know, finished quarterback fourteen. So not too too bad. But efficiency. And my thing is this: if like once Ayuk is healthy, once Debo is healthy and Kittle is out on the field and you got those three guys, Jimmy G, you got a good receiving core now. So got to throw it. it. Got to yeah, throw it. Happens. So running backs, this is another age old thing. We've been talking about it since last year. Where's the investment? I mean, is there an investment to make right now with these guys? I don't. Uh, I don't, I don't really think there's an investment to make. You know, Jermichael Hasty is a waiver wire ad if you want to throw him on your taxi squad for I, a dog That's throw. a good investment. That's a good you investment know, to me. They, just because uh-huh. there's, there's, you have to spend FAAB, and I think that's the best kind of investment, you know? <laughs> yep. 
if I'm a Raheem owner, I'm probably looking to to deal him. Mm-hmm. I don't own any Raheem shares, but I would deal Raheem as well as Tevin. If somebody will pay you Tevin Coleman, I would again deal. I, I would be dealing out of San Francisco situation uh, where I can and not really investing. And, and or you Jermichael, know, the Jarek McKinnon truthers too. You know, uh, you know that's another one. If you can still find the problem is the hype's kind of picked back up on him, so the price has risen. But if you can still find a guy that's like just get this freaking guy off my roster. Everybody's making roster cuts right now to shore up for uh, active season roster. If you can get like a third in there for him, I'd throw a third in there for Jared McKinnon. Hasn't played since 2017, so sure, by all means. I'd throw a third. Yeah, I mean, he might, you know, he pops off a game or two, you're good. So, <laughs> flip the hell him. out of there. Flip so, him like a, like a burner house, you yeah. know? <laughs> well, yeah, dude, freaking pay a third and then sell him for a second or whatever. I mean, I'll do that. I'll take a third for a, I'll take a second for a third all day. Um, yeah, for sure. So our last team to talk about is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Exciting, I almost said the exciting, Arizona exciting. 49ers. Yeah, that's another, that's another team that I'm, I'm really excited to watch. Um, who would you say, who are you most interested to see? Like, there's three players I'm thinking that were like, okay, what's it going to look like <laughs> this season? Who are your three? And which one are you most interested? So... The obvious one is Kyler Murray going into his second year. Um, A lot of people complain about the sophomore slump, and people have actually been comparing him to Baker Mayfield, which is whack to me. I think Kyler Murray is a little bit more talented. Much better passer. Yeah, but they did say that he could could run more this year too, which I'm really excited about too. Let's hope he He is excellent on the ground. Oh, he's he's electric, man. With the ball in his hands, he's he's, he's a sight to see, you know? So Kyler Murray would be one of them. the second one is DeAndre Hopkins. I actually want to see how he adapts to this offense because there's yep. some sort of statistic that goes around too that's saying that any any new wide receiver into a new system takes a massive regression. Yeah, always uh, a fade. Mm-hmm. A, la, a la OBJ last year in, in Cleveland. I think that was his worst year. And he was still over 1,000 yards, but I think that was his worst year um, in the NFL. And then the last person, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kenyon Drake on mine. And I mean, well, that's, go, I, that's, you, that's the obvious yeah, answer to me. Go, go figure all of, we pick the wide receiver one, RB1. I have one other guy that I, w- I would, I would, I'm interested, but I just want to see how Kenyon, mm-hmm, he performs, you know, that transition tag. Let's see if he earns a contract. The big question with Kenyon is one, does he get a contract? And two, the ADP on Kenyon has steadily risen. And Will he perform at that ADP? Is he going to be the output that you expect from, you know, a top three round pick that that he's being picked at right now? You know what I mean? That that's where I'll be interested to see. See if he's um, worth it. Yeah, on account that I mean, he he hasn't been that in a long time. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he had a little stint of value there when he joined Arizona last year, and on an, on a very small window, obviously. But we'll see. The other guy that I think is a sneaky. Um, kind of forgotten talent here that that'll that'll be worth picking up is Christian Kirk. I really I, I loved Christian Kirk last year. I wish he would have taken a bigger step, even though he was dealing with some ankle issues, which the, it, it was a significant ankle injury that hampered him. But I mm-hmm. still like Christian Kirk, and I like him actually even more now. I think Christian Kirk is a guy that he's not a wide receiver, an alpha dog wide receiver one on a, in an NFL team. 
Mm-hmm. However, he's kind of like a Jarvis Landry to me in that he's an excellent wide receiver too, and bringing in D Hop is the perfect complement to this guy. That's exactly um, what I was going to say. He's kind of like a like a supplementary piece or a complementary piece a to you PPR know like a, a, guy. a star-studded yeah. offense. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see this offense, man. A I PPR really am. Guy. Well, and that's the thing. If it's going to be the the air raid offense thing, and they're going to be throwing as much as as we think. Here you have, I mean, Christian Kirk should have plenty of targets, even as the number two option. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, don't forget Larry Fitz, old man Fitzgerald's still there, too. You know, yeah, I mean, that's one. Uh, Dan Arnold at tight end, I'm a, a massive receiving he's, threat. He's, yeah, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky under the radar there. Yeah, I, I like Dan him Arnold. a lot. And he's been looking good, apparently. And I'm also kind of watching the Chase Edmonds Eno Benjamin situation, little battle uh, there. Well, the thing is, is what you just described, where first of all, if Kenyon Drake does move on and there is not a contract that that comes, one of those guys is going to be the front runner for next season. And then if Kenyon Drake... Or do they have an outside hire? Mm -hmm. Thoughts? That's true. Well, that's the (laughs) thing. It could be any of that. could be any of that. Well, yeah, that's going to be one of the bigger storylines is where does Leonard Fournette end up? It'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to see. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see... And if Drake goes down, if he gets injured, I mean, Chase Edmonds looked mm-hmm. electric uh, at times last year. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do. But I agree. There's a lot of exciting developments there at Arizona. I really hope Kyler Murray can continue to cement himself as a top quarterback in the re- in the league. And I, I think D-Hop... I just think D-Hop's one of those guys that's kind of impervious to the whole, like, oh, fade him on year one of new offense. Because D-Hop is a, is a man among boys. I mean, he's I'm a man. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So one question before we, we rock out on this one. Can Kyler Murray support two wide receiver ones? Like fantasy-wise? I mm-hmm. mean, Fantasy-wise. Do you think that Christian Kirk could make the jump due to the PPR? It could happen. That would be a hot take. I, I know, mean, I right? Think, I think D Hop stays wide receiver one. There's people like the the one of the hot takes you see right now is people saying D Hop won't finish wide receiver one. I think D Hop finishes wide receiver one as long as he stays healthy, of course. Christian, Wait, finishing a wide receiver one or the wide receiver one? A wide receiver one. Okay, yeah, I think that's. I think Michael silly. Thomas. Is yeah, wide receiver I, one. I think everyone's or kind of Adams. on that. Yeah, Devontae might too. do it. Similar situation to Thomas too. I mean, if the Packers are going to throw a lot. Adams is going to be the guy. But anyway, uh, getting off that. um, I see Kirk. I actually see Kirk as like a, I could really see like a top 18 finish. Could you see him possibly like sneak in to like 10, 11, 12? Maybe. Just on sure PPR alone, like on targets alone. I could see it. I could see it. And yeah, I could see it. It's possible. It really depends on how much Kenyon Drake is used in the passing game. And if he stays on the field, if 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 he struggles at all or for whatever reason he's injured or something, then Christian Kirk is going to be that short route just underneath all the time, everywhere uh, guy. And if he stays healthy, it, it could happen. But I would feel pretty confident putting a high-end wide receiver two um, range on Christian Kirk. I feel pretty confident on that. And I could entertain a back-end wide receiver one yeah. Possible. Hot, that's hot. Hot, but, hot take from the from the dynasty decision. Boys. Yeah, I I might I might stay in that 15, 18 slot, but still mm-hmm. that would Or you be, feel comfortable. That's your wheelhouse, your dojo. Yeah, I feel good in my in my 15, 18. Don't sleep on Larry Fitzgerald either. 
I'm sleeping on Larry Fitzgerald. He's probably taking a nap in his recliner right now because he's probably so. Probably so. Anyway, uh, that's all the teams. We we blew right through that. That was, you know, hard hitting. A lot of information on these episodes, I know, but it's a lot of teams to cover. We're trying to just bang out all the situations, Mm -hmm. what you should be looking for for 2020 season and uh, help you get get into it. Now, I Andrew and I were talking. We're going to be doing a second episode either like next week we might do two episodes or we might do two episodes for the season opener. We're planning it out. Um, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Decision Podcast or at Dynasty Decision. That's the podcast Twitter. And then Andrew. And then uh, I am at Andrew underscore NFL. Yeah. So follow us if you want to know kind of what I'll try to put up on the show's Twitter. Like we're doing two episodes this week. So you'll know. Um, keep an eye out for us. Again, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcast. If you're getting us on Apple Podcast, please drop in. Drop us the five-star review. We really appreciate it. Drop a follow on Spotify. And keep an eye out on what we're talking about on Twitter and the new the new shows coming out. And as always, we say thank you guys. And also, don't be afraid to hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions. We love to interact with the guys listening to the show. We appreciate it. <laughs>